0: Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Check the Mark. I am Mark Lucero. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is two episodes in two weeks on a roll. Definitely proud of myself for that. Today, great show. Blair Henley's coming on later. Blair Henley, host, MC, content creator, writer, all things media. One of my favorite people in tennis. She's going to join the show for actually a great chat. She just got done doing the Dallas tournament hosting Encore interviews after the match, keeping the crowd warmed up in between matches, all that sort of thing. Dallas, champion, Yibing Wu. I mentioned last week, this is going to be the year where there's going to be a lot of new faces. He broke through. He finaled the Cleveland Challenger the week before, came through in Dallas, champion. He actually special exempted into this coming tournament in Delray Beach, but pulled out at the last minute after he won the tournament, taking down John Isner in a buster. I think 14-12 was the final score in that tie break. Yibing Wu, very, very good. Crazy story, former US Open junior champ, out for three years because of injuries, because of COVID. And now last year was his first full year back. And I think he went from 1,000 to top maybe 150 within the course of a year. And now he's gonna be firmly entrenched inside the top 100. And I don't think he's gonna drop out for a long, long time. We actually hit with him last year in Seoul. I didn't hit with him, Stevie J hit with him, but I was on court. And we were both astounded with how strong he is. He just stood there right on top of the baseline, taking Steve's best shots, directing them back with pace, taking the ball on the rise, hitting a big, a little bit like Novak sort of timing, but a much stronger version in terms of just physical strength and being able to sort of bully the ball a little bit. Maybe I think what it must have been like to hit with Andre Agassi back in the day. So. That might be a, a couple of really high comparisons, but by the time this young man is done with his career, I think he's going to be a pretty special one. Along the same lines in the last couple of weeks, we've seen a big breakout or continued breakout from Alicia Parks. She's someone who I don't think I mentioned when I was talking about all the players who I thought were going to be breaking through or who the players that broke through in Australia were. Alicia Parks coming up big as she's done over the last maybe a couple of months in these European indoor events. She's done quite well. Huge serve, great athlete. I remember seeing her in the Challengers when she was in the women's Challenger events when she was maybe in her teens out there with her dad doing it their own way. And, you know, slow and steady wins the race. Right around the corner, we're going to get to Blair Henley. But before I get to that, a lot of action happening this coming week. Delray Beach, there's indoor events. I think it's Montpellier. Uh, I'm incorrect. Montpellier was this past week. There's the 500 event in the Netherlands. A lot of, lot of things happening. The women are in the Middle East, and this is all obviously the Golden Swing down in South America. This is all a precursor to the March Sunshine Double, which is right around the corner. Indian Wells, Miami, leading right into the clay court season. It's crazy to even start to talk about the clay court season. I feel like the year just started with the tournaments in Australia. So like I said, right around the corner, let's get to Blair Henley. All right, joining me now on Check the Mark, We have Blair Henley. Blair is the queen of all things media. She's a host, MC, social media content producer, writer. Blair probably is most well-known by her roles on court at the U.S. Open at Cincinnati, Indian Wells, and last week at Dallas. Blair, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Mark. I am so excited that this is finally happening.
0: No, me too. So, before we get going, let's talk about Dallas, because you had a great week there. It was an unbelievable tournament, you Bing Wu, winning the tournament over John Isner. But most exciting, I think, about Dallas is the community support. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like on the ground there?
1: Uh, from day one last year, it was incredible. I remember um, last year being the first year it had just moved from New York, where it sort of notoriously did not have fan support. It was support. tough. It was um, tough in Long Island. Yeah. And uh, I remember last year, Liam Brody and Qualys and, you know, we were doing the post-match interview and he said, I'm not going to lie. I don't know that I've ever had a crowd like this for a Qualys match, you know, not at a, at a slam. So it was, the support was fantastic off the bat Um, huge credit to uh, John Isner, who is a big reason that that tournament ended up in Dallas and Grant Chen at SMU and sort of, rallying the troops john had a charity event for the isner family foundation the friday before the tournament um which had an incredible turnout as well so again i think there are just there's there's a great community there a lot of people who play tennis and then also people who may have gone and thought hey this is cool it's like a three thousand feet stadium there's not a bad seat in the house um and to me those are the best tournaments to introduce tennis to new fans too. Those ones where you can see the players up close, you can get a feel for how athletic and how fast the ball is going. It's just, um, I think, a really great spot for new tennis fans as well.
0: I think it really speaks to the rewards that come with the effort for kind of getting ingrained in the community. I know John was crossing continents at times to promote the event. Grant Chen, obviously one of the Pied Pipers of tennis, and the community (laughs) responded. And for me, it's almost like the Charleston event on the women's side like a single gender event that is totally dialed in and backed by a strong tennis community
1: yeah and we got the extra bonus of having the women's tennis classic there for the first time we had Sloan Stevens and Madison Keys come in on the very first day of I guess it was really the day before everything started so Quali started on Sunday we had the women's tennis classic on Saturday night and that was packed and I've done I think four of those women's tennis events at ATP250s and it has been the case across the board. People love it and of course Sloan and Maddie are both great. Sloan and Maddie together are <laughs> are extra great. they were so much fun and uh, they also involve the SMU players. Um, they really try to push college tennis at, at both Dallas and Atlanta which are owned by the same company. so um, I think that's an added bonus as well as a former college player myself.
0: Well, let's let's talk about that. That's one of the things you kind of keep under wraps, except for that video with Chris Eubanks when you were hitting. Brett, Blair, you were a legit player back in the day.
1: Oh man! Well, thanks for saying that. I I feel like the the trick was to just let people forget that I could play tennis, and then you know just just put a. I to be honest, though, I thought maybe five people would actually watch that video, and it was it was a few more than that. Um, but you were uh,
0: giving Chris all he could handle and those, um, those practice courts are not easy to hit on.
1: Uh, they they were not, um, no, but Chris Chris is fantastic, and, and he's one of the people that I've gotten to know as a human. You know, you get to know people in a professional way, of course, doing what we do, but um, some people, you actually get to know them as a person, and Chris is one of those. I feel like he's a little brother. And he said for a while now um, that we were going to do this. And, you know, of course, I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. And I happen to have a break in the schedule. And he said, I'm on at 530. You know, Come on out. Be ready. Bring your racket. <laughs> so you know, that's I,
0: one of the things that we've seen a lot, I guess, over the last couple of years, the sort of cross tour hitting. And that was one thing that was maybe well, wasn't done for a while, but it seems to be pretty popular over the last couple of years.
1: Totally. Um, And I think even um, we're fresh off United Cup and seeing the camaraderie there and seeing, you know, one of the things we did um, with Sloan and Madison for social media in Dallas was we asked them about the American guys who are playing in Dallas and getting their unfiltered reactions, uh, their thoughts on these guys, you know, from Marco Skiron, like, oh, he's was just the sweetest he was the guy everyone had a crush on in juniors um to uh, you know dennis kudla to francis Tiafo and their thoughts you know which were of course hilarious on francis um that sort of thing to me has universal appeal we all love to see the crossover content um and here you know here's hoping there will be more of that
0: you glossed over your playing career so i'm gonna run through some of the highlights you were oh top 30 in the country in singles playing number one for rice you were conference usa player of the year you were rice female athlete of the year blair it's not like you were playing five and six and kind of <laughs> holding it down the bottom of the lineup you were a baller
1: uh um you know i am thankful that my dad who's a tennis pro um, still to this day he's a, a director of tennis down in florida and He put a racket in my hand when I was little and that's the only sport I played. And, and to be clear, I'm a huge fan of kids playing lots of different sports. I just, you know, was around tennis courts all the time. And for me, I was like, I like this and this is all I want to do. So it ended up being my sport. And I'm also really thankful that my dad taught me a game style that is pretty classic, I think is is the way that people would describe it because I think in particular in my old age now, it still kind of stands the test of time. Um, it can withstand, um, you know, guys hitting at me with a lot of power and a lot of spin because the technique is p- pretty simple. Um, so thanks thanks to my dad for giving me a, a, a game that I feel like has, again, like I said, stood the test of time.
0: Well, th- I think that's one of the things that separates you from some other people who do some of the jobs or wear some of the hats that you do. What do you think that sort of brings to, I guess when you're interviewing a player after a match or when you're maybe even doing some content away from the court that, I mean, you have a high level understanding of what's happening on the court. Mm -hmm. That has to be, you know, a feather in your cap or a huge asset.
1: I, yeah, I've definitely told myself that maintaining a level of fitness and, Tennis makes me more credible or I tell that I tell myself that. Um, and it's funny. I try to always have a really good balance of what I talk to players about because the majority of people, if there's something that's really outstanding, um, I don't know, say there was a really obvious strategy that was happening on the court or um, somebody had a great day on their backhand down the line or their Slice serve, for instance. Uh, I watched JJ Wolf um, have one of the most incredible slice serving days I've ever witnessed on the court. That in slice Dallas. is wicked. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, being able to, to see those things is certainly helpful. It's always a question, though, of how much does everyone else find that stuff interesting? Because I really think most of my job, or at least what I really strive to do, is to showcase players personalities and also give information, um, both of those things, and trying to find the balance of what's interesting to me and what is something that the greater population also finds interesting and easily digestible. So (laughs) it's it's interesting to try to, you know, see these things, but also be like, is that something that everybody finds interesting? Is that something that the masses are going to relate to? But it definitely makes my job more interesting, that's for sure. It makes it more fun. I think if I weren't you know, able to see those things or appreciate those things, I don't think I'd enjoy what I do quite as much.
0: Clearly, you enjoy what you do. And that leads me right into what I want to talk to. Some of my favorite social pieces that you've done. One was Yoshi, <laughs> which I think you revisited. And other were the videos, the Pablo Cuevas dancing with the Coronas, the Maria Sakari with the hairspray <laughs> and the high bun. How do you come up with these ideas?
1: Uh, you know, there are way more ideas where that came from, Mark. It's, it's all a question of what can I get uh, the tours to say yes to. <laughs> and many and many of things have been said no to. Uh, but I certainly appreciate things like uh, doing our little Mario Kart reenactment in Delray Beach in 2019. Um, you know, I was like, I might never get this opportunity again. I have Yoshi here. I have Stevie Johnson here. And I have Jordan Thompson here, who are my perfect Mario, Mario's. Luigi, and Yoshi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so thankfully, uh, Greg Sharco was the was the tour rep who was there, and I, he's he's one of he was one of the more laid back uh, personalities on tour. And I said, you know, Sharco, do you think this is a possibility? And I don't even know if he understood what I was pitching to him <laughs> because it was a bizarre pitch. Uh, but yeah, cue me walking into the players' lounge with a stuffed yoshi head going up to yoshihito nishioka and saying yoshi i have an idea (laughs) it it requires you wearing this yoshi head and driving around in a golf cart will you do it and zero hesitation he was like yes sure i'm in i love mario kart (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's so awesome Um,
1: so but but i also think that there are a lot of questions, you know, things that don't get asked of players because people just assume that they are going to say no. And that is where I'm really thankful over the years to have maybe built up some trust to where I feel like I can ask the question. And if they don't feel comfortable, of course, I would never you know, push anything that people weren't 100 percent comfortable with. But sometimes you ask the question and the player is like, sure, that sounds that sounds fun. That sounds great. But there is, again, understandably, a lot of gatekeeping in tennis. Um, and, and so being able to actually ask the question and, you know, and have it come from someone who the players know is not going to make them look bad has, has been valuable, being able to build that rapport in those relationships.
0: Well, so th- these are pieces that get a lot of views. I think they bring a lot of attention to those players, those personalities, the sport, in a short amount of time, how do we do a better job of, of growing the game? Because obviously the game is star driven and the challenge with a star driven game is building more stars, building more interests and personalities. What, what does the game need to do better to you know, to grow? Just thinking, you know, specifically in the United States, I mean, you're a mom, you have two kids, you know, yep. for them to get interested in tennis or their friends or whatever it is to get more of your average sports fan. How do we, you know, how to, how do we drive this market?
1: You know, I think my hope is that the people who are closest to the players have a big picture mentality, and there are some that do, and there are some that would be open to being pitched on, I don't know, doing something fun on the player's own social. That's something we've seen, gosh, so much in the last five years. The players now have a lot of control over what they put out there, and they have the freedom to be fun in a controlled environment and put out exactly what they want to put out there of themselves. Um, I just don't feel like it is a priority for a lot of the people who are, again, closest to the players, inputting um, information, giving them information, because so many of the, I mean, they're young. These are young players up and coming, and they are listening to the people around them. And my hope is just that they could, I don't know, have an open mind. Um, and, and understandably, there's a lot of fear, I think, of the way that you come off. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just an open mind. That, that would be my hope. And I think some players do. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it too, Mark. There, there is just such a range of, of players who are willing to sort of go outside of that tiny little bubble that they have and then players who are not willing to do that.
0: That, that makes you know a lot of sense especially when you think about what's at stake and people who want to portray a certain image and yeah that, that's a huge huge concern i think especially for people that have you know a big financial interest at stake mm-hmm, you know, Blair, exactly. i know we're, we're coming up against a, a hard out time limit for you i have two questions one where can people see you next and two are you in the rice athletics hall of fame
1: Okay. I'll answer your first one. Um, Indian Wells. I will be there. Very excited. Come to the party court, Stadium 3. We, we try to keep it fun, light, have a lot of fun out there. And then um, I am absolutely not in the Rice Athletics. Oh my
0: God. We need to make some calls. We need to get Elizabeth Schmidt on the phone, whoever oh, else, whoever man. is the AD and we're going to start campaigning
1: um uh, fantastic mark you you let me know what my next pr move is on on that campaign and i'll i'll do whatever you tell me to do
0: blair thanks so much for making the time i for one i'm a huge huge fan of your work it was awesome seeing you know the spotlight on you in dallas and seeing tennis channel carry some of your post-match stuff and can't wait to see you in indian wells
1: thanks mark
0: and drop your social handles for people to follow you
1: At Blair Henley and at BD Henley. Blair Henley on Twitter, BD Henley on Instagram.
0: Huge, huge thanks to Blair Henley for making the time to come on. It's really incredible. The more I reflect, the crazy roads that all of our different lives take and the thing that binds us all, which is tennis, that was a chat I really enjoyed. Watching Delray Beach right now, I'm watching Matija Pekadek play against Jack Sock. Matiha is a guy from Malta. I actually was working at Princeton at the time. I remember when the men's coaches were recruiting him. He ended up going to Princeton, had a great career, playing number one there. I think he was Ivy League Player of the Year maybe three times. Went out and played some Futures and Challengers, bounced around. I think he got up to maybe top 200, 250. Ended up bagging it with after some injuries and went to Harvard to do his MBA. Graduated from HBS. Decided to play again. He's up, I think, around 300 or so now ended up getting a real job. He still works in the private equity world, but he decided to try to get into qualies. got into qualies as an alternate, beat Stefan Kozlov, I think when Kozlov retired, beat Tennis Sangren, and now is playing Jack Sock, which is just, I mean, it's incredible, like these stories in tennis, but what a game this is. I mean, think about it. This guy during the daytime is opening up Excel and looking at PLs and figuring out random small company X's market cap. And then he's going out in the evenings practicing with his boss or practicing with some old dudes. And now he's out there playing against Jack Sock and giving him all he can handle. It's just what a, what an incredible, incredible story. And what an incredible game that brings these people from all walks of life together. As much as I want to say it, it's such a unique story, you know, it is and it isn't. There's, every player has a story. And, you know, different people have tried to highlight them. No Ruben for one, on his Behind the Racket series on Instagram. Other people go out of their way. Racket Magazine does cool stories on people But there are almost more stories than outlets for them. And like I said last week, I want to continue to try to bring these things to light. That's it for today. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter, at Mark Lucero. I'm back in business on both platforms. Subscribe, rate, and review to check the mark. And like I always say, tell a friend. Have a great week. I am out.